It should be. All right. Them real quickly. So, Lord, we just honor you. We bless you. We honor your holy name. We bless you. We worship you. We honor you for who you are. We love who you are. Your majesty. Down from heaven, we bless you. We bless you. Thank you, Lord. We're grateful for what you've given us, Lord. We thank you for what you've given us. We thank you for the blessing you've brought on our life. We bless you. We thank you. We thank you for the favor and the life you've given us, the hope you've given us, the words you've given us, the promises you've given us, the light you've given us, the ability to see in your kingdom. We thank you for these things, Lord. We thank you and worship you, Lord. And Lord, we take before you any sins that we have, Lord, and we ask that you would forgive them now and be, make us clean again and renew us, Lord. We repent for any of our uh, heart towards you and our, and our pride and anything else we have towards you. Sorry, Lord, that's for forgiveness. Now, also, we just bless Cheryl right now. She's homesick right now. We bless her. Reach your hand out and just bless her that way. We speak a blessing over healing over her. We bless her in your name. And for Steve, who has uh, ate something wrong or whatever, his stomach's bad for days, so we bless him as well. We speak a blessing over him, favor over him, blessing and honor. Amen. Yes. We honor you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Honor you, Lord. Everything you've done, your greatness, your beauty, your favor. Thank you, Lord. Sibby, why don't you come up for a second? I'm going to do a quick little interview with Sibby. I got it. We had this right earlier, about down here, huh? <laughs> it's so far. <laughs> we usually have it way up here, and she goes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, hopefully don't. Anyway, would you tell us now? Sibby does our healing room. Now, healing room is part of what? what is... um, the healing room is part of the Association of International Healing Rooms. That was started by. That was uh, started by. Uh, Carl Pierce. But, uh, John G. Lake. Originally. Oh, John G. Lake, yeah, yeah. That was a hundred years ago, and uh, it was in um, Washington, uh, Spokane. And uh, it was uh, a time when the Lord, uh, he was uh, a missionary in Africa. And then when he came back to the United States, uh, he, the Lord told him to go to this place, Spokane, and there was healing in the lake, and he brought water out of the lake and he started to pray for people and uh, miraculously everybody in the town was healed and they had to close down the hospital because uh and they declared that place the healthiest place in the united states and uh but because uh you know the hospital went out of business they kind of kicked them out of there (laughs) and so the lord started the movement a hundred years later with carl pierce and uh, that was about uh, 10 years ago, and um, the Lord has been multiplying the healing rooms all over the world, and um, it's time for Santa Monica to have a healing room. So we started about, I'd say, three months ago, four months mm-hmm. ago. And so, yeah, we open once a month, but our plan is to start opening every week to pray for the sick. 
Yes. Now, how, how about healings? What have we seen there? Um, we've been very blessed. We really haven't advertised our healing room just by word of mouth. And uh, people from all their churches have been coming. The Lord has been really great. He's been backing up his word. In the last couple of times, um, we've seen um, the, the thing that is fresher in my mind is this mom who brought his kid. He has a lot of mental problems, uh, including autism. He used to have seizures. And we prayed for him. The mom was not very believing. She asked, well, do you guys really know how to pray and all of that? And we say, we'll pray. We'll see what the Lord does. And so we prayed. She didn't see anything bad. A few weeks later, uh, the kid went to UCLA because they do, um, forgot the name. MRIs. Of the, yeah, yes. And they put electrodes all over his uh, uh, skull to see if he still had seizures. And to the surprise of all the um, doctors, he was completely normal. No more seizures. And, and the woman was so amazingly surprised. And she said, okay, I'm going to come again. So she's, uh, she's coming. And uh, she's very blessed. She's, I mean, the Lord is, you know, even when we don't believe, the Lord fills in the gap. We have some other testimonies of people being filled by the Holy Spirit. Um, other people that have been um, immediately healed from their pain, emotional and, and physical pain. Um, um, also, there was a case of this um, mom and grandmother who brought uh, the young man to be prayed for. And the grandma came in, and she was very skeptical. She came and said, well, my grandson needs uh, deliverance. Do you guys are good at that? <laughs> and so um, Sandra was very, very cordial. And, and she, she said, well, we've been trained. We know how to pray for people. Well, I hope so, she said. And she sat. And um, I didn't hear this conversation. We prayed for him. And the, God, the Lord really, the Lord really transformed this young man. We didn't even speak a word of uh, deliverance. All we spoke was words of blessings and, and healing for his emotional healing. And the Lord really started to give him visions. And he started to see the Lord. And, and it was amazing. Uh, the first vision was uh, the vision of, uh, of basically a tomb and that he was going to die at the end of it. He had a vision of him going into the uh, water, the living water, and being just like cleansed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he came out of the room, the mom and the grandma were just stunned that his demeanor changed completely. And his eyes were like, his eyes were, I don't know how to describe it, but they were cleansed. He had kindness in his eyes. And and so they are coming back for more. So that's just what the Lord is cool. doing. Great. Um, Thank you. Thank you. We'll have more stuff shared as time goes by. Because I, I really believe that it's something that God's put in my wife and I's heart. And I believe it's put in the hearts of the people here. I think you're going to see lots of healings come up. That's uh, something that we've moved and prayed for. We, uh, Karen and I have each prayed for, you know. I figured one time quite a few years ago, way past 10,000 people, you know, and I've seen thousands of healings. God is ready to do that again. I really believe that. Matter of fact, somebody gave me a book last week about uh, uh, William Branham, and that was, uh, he's 
probably in our in this century the greatest healer that's been on face there uh and it's it's very interesting and it was he gave me like these five books and then about two days later somebody a friend of mine calls me and starts talking about a dream he had had and how how in this dream this uh uh, this prophetic guy came up to him and says, well, tell me the five, give me the five uh, people to read about, five books to read about. And this actually be, was one of them. So I got the point that I should be reading that book. <laughs> so, and it's an awesome book. I'll tell you what, as my wife says, we have hangnails. We have no problems. We have absolutely no problems. You know, the stuff we have, what? Huh? Oh, next Saturday. Okay, good. Uh, next Saturday. But anyway, we have no problem. Some of these people, what they've went through to bring about what God wants in their lives is scares me to death. Tell you the truth. It's, it's, they go through some extremely hard things. So we have no problems. Everything's good. Blessings. So anyway, we're going to go today to Hebrews. Uh, now we started on Hebrews 1 a little while back and, uh, just barely started on it and then we had this come up and the drum circle and a couple other things came up. So we've taken a break from it. So I'm just going to give like a, a moment review of chapter one of Hebrews. And I think the book of Hebrews is an extremely important book. Uh, uh, it's one of the ones that have probably been one of the main themes of my life uh, where God spoke to me about a lot of different things. It's, it also develops a great ability of understanding of, of the kingdom and the theology of, uh, of the cross. Uh, so, and the theology of salvation itself and what it is. So, the first part of, uh, I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to actually kind of give you a quick overview. First Hebrew 1 speaks of, in the past, uh, God spoke in various ways. But in the present, he speaks through his son. And it, uh, uh, it's in the various ways they're talking about just things of, you know, the prophetic people and, and, and angels and and in nature itself. And God still speaks through all those things still. He's never stopped. He doesn't change. But in Hebrews, it's trying to say, but now there's something more. God is speaking to us directly. It's, it's, it's not through an intermediary. It's not secondhand information. It's firsthand information. It's directly from him. So the call is to pay attention to what he says. He says in here that... Uh, 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 that angels were, in Hebrews 1, it says that angels were meant to minister to us. But his son is a radiance of God's glory. The exact representation of his being. That he's the creator. Sustains all things by his powerful word. Providing purifications for sin. So if we were to take a look at Hebrews 1, we would say this. Jesus is God. He's the Son. If you have a thing that, well, I don't understand how, you know, who is Jesus? Yeah, he's the Son of this. He's the exact representation of God. He says, he's the glory. He is the creator. His word holds everything in the being. So in the past, we were spoken through a secondary, and now we are spoken through by a son. Big deal. Very big deal. Now, that's a very short version of Hebrews 1. Hebrews 2. We must pay more careful attention, therefore. Why? 
Therefore, because of what? Because it's a son, God himself speaking to us. So that we do not drift away. For the message spoken by angels was binding. And every violation of disobedience receives its just uh, judgment. How shall we escape it if we ignore such a great salvation? Now, salvation, I gotta, these are like for using on a computer and I can't see, I got the small version of the Bible there, so I hope I have a bigger version of my glasses. <laughs> so, that's great, I don't. Yeah, probably. Oh well, I have to do with this. So, what is salvation? What do you guys think of what salvation is? Let's speak up for a small group. What do you got? What's salvation? Huh? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. What else do you have? Salvation. Yeah. The reign of God. That's right. Eternal life, all these things. You know, my pastor used to say salvation. Because, you know, all these things are very true, but somehow we get this idea that salvation is this one-time event of saying a word or praying a prayer or accepting God. But salvation is much more than that. They actually, actually, the, where it comes from and the, and the background out of it is this. The definition is let's see if I find it. Rescue or safety, physically or morally. It comes from a word that means deliver, i.e. God or Christ. Uh, and the derivative of that is to save, deliver, or protect. Why is that important? And why am I talking about it here? Because with the word salvation, and because it's going to tell us that we're going to have to pay much more careful attention so we do not drift away from the salvation. How does one drift away from a single act? A single act. Well, yeah. But the idea, yeah, disobedience will cause us to move away. But if salvation is a process, not only of a being saved, but also a process of protection from God, then it comes with a course that, that you know, if you were going down a path, you have to pay attention to the different markers on the path. So you can make the left at this place and the right here or whatever else it means. The kingdom is not a simple thing. It's simple and not. It's, it's easy to find but hard to find. It's totally dependent, not on here, but on the ability to hear God and know him. So when it's talking about here that we have to pay much more careful attention is because the idea is God is speaking to us now. He is speaking to us and bringing us into a place of understanding and safety. Now, if we take salvation as just a single act of a of, of place and time, well, yeah, we can say we remember that was a marker stone. But it was a marker stone from a start of a walk, a starting place. Now, we know what the end place is. It's, the, it's heaven, right? Heaven is the end. Heaven is where we're going. But we have a walk along the way. The walk along the way is to do a couple different things is to develop our character and our relationship. So Hebrews starts out, pay attention because God himself is speaking to you. And we know God himself actually dwells in us. 
But we have to be able to hear and be able to move along with God. So he's saying, pay much more careful attention. Okay, let's see. This salvation was first announced by the Lord, confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testifies by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributed according to his will. It is not that angels that he subject the world to come, about which we are speaking, but there is a place where someone has testified, What is man that you're mindful of him? What is the son of man that you care for him? For you made him a little lower than the angels and crowned with glory and honor. And and you put everything under his feet. In putting everything under his feet, God left nothing that was not subject to him. Yet at the present, yet at the present, we do not see that. See everything subject to him. But what we see is Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. And bringing... See what I want to... Let me stop there for a second. So who does it say he is? Who does it say we are? He says that he's subject. What does subject mean? What does subject mean? If somebody's subject to you, what does it mean? Yes, submitted under your authority and under basically your control. Now he says that what he said about the earth, he put the whole earth subject to us. That was his intent. We saw that in the garden. We saw us blow it. And we see Jesus reestablish that. But what it says here is we don't yet see everything subject to man right now, right? But what we do see is everything subject to Christ, everything put under his feet. But yet we will have that too as he brings us into his kingdom. Now, the kingdom talks about it can be tasted now and yet to come. So we can see some of that. And we see some of that happening it's like in healing rooms where diseases, sickness, and different things become subject to what we say. And we see healing take place when that happens. But we don't always see it. Because we don't see everything subject to us right now. But we see it in part. But we see it isn't with Jesus who dwells in us. Now, what's the importance of that? What is the importance of that? What, what, what is the thing? If God dwells in us, And we learn to listen to him. Our authority grows. The scriptures say signs and wonders will follow us. So what is what is that has to happen? We have to be subject to God. We have to be able to listen to God and obey him. Now, one of the things that God's been really pressing on me lately, uh, tremendously, is the saying of prayer. You know, I said something about a week ago to you, or a couple weeks ago, that, you know, we think of it here, that we have to understand the scriptures, but it's here. And the scriptures and our spirit is like a sponge. Unless it's already damp, it won't soak up any water. If it's dry, it's just going to push the water around. 
And, 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 and one of the things God's really pressing on me is for me and for our people, the need to press in to greater levels of intimacy with God, that we be able to perceive what he's doing in our lives and what he's speaking to us about. And that's with Hebrews here. That's why I believe God's brought us to Hebrews a lot. Today, hearing his voice, i.e. prayer. Prayer, we usually think of this. It's both. But it's mainly listening. It's mainly listening. God is actually calling us to a place of actually listening to him, what he's saying. And he says, if we'll go before him, now I start off, like I said, by praying in tongues. Is that, that, that gift most of you do? Not everyone does. doesn't mean you're not filled with the Spirit or not, in my opinion. It means you either speak in tongues or not, one of the gifts. I start off with that, and I praise God, and I go through repentance, and, and, and I just spend a lot of time resting in him. Why? Because when you rest in the room, when we rest in God, you begin to become sensitive to what's in the room. Have you ever went into a room that's totally what you thought was totally quiet, and after a while you heard different things that are going on in the room? Well, yet that's it is with God. God dwells with us all the time. We've turned up the noise in such a way it's very hard for us to hear him. But if we stop and be quiet before him and just listen, we begin to feel his presence and begin to hear his presence. Only in that can we receive and understand what God's doing in our lives. Only then can we begin to understand, as Hebrews talks about, the thing of hearing God so we can obey him. A lot of us don't want to hear him somewhat because we're scared of what he's going to say. But he's a generous and a good God, and everything he has is to bring us to our fullness, the way he's created us to be. But it says here, He's subject the world to man. This is his heart. Earth is a gift to us. What is the son of man that we're mindful of him? Everything is under his feet. Now, the next set... I think I actually want to have you guys just take a couple minutes and just turn your chair around to about three people and just have you read uh, 2.10 through the end, which is like uh, 2.10 through 18. It's eight verses. And in that, what I would like you to do, just three or four people together, I want to see what speaks to you and why. Just a real quick thing. What is God speaking to us? Keeping in mind that we have to pay attention to what was spoken to us. That is the living God is speaking to us, not just angels or, or, or prophet, prophetic people, prophets. It's God himself. Keep that in mind. And that he's wanting to give us everything. So take a look at that. That's uh, 2, 10 through 18, those eight verses. And just one question. What is God saying to you and why? Now, there's a double reason for this. I want you to look at this and what is actually saying the scripture is very important. But the other thing is, hearing God in the scriptures is one of the most important ways to hear God. It's how we develop our relationship with Him. It's how, how was He speaking to us personally. There's a written point of thing of the scriptures that, that was intended purpose for the hearers of the time. And there's a intended purpose for us. It's a living word. And so God has a purpose and a mind for what He wants you to hear when you read the scriptures. So tell me what you hear. Just three or four of you together, and why? 
Why is it important to you? What is God speaking to you about and why? And see if you have some consensus in your group. We're just going to take, you know, seven minutes to do it. Hey guys, you guys got, turn around this way for a second. Hey Jay, tell us what you guys found. Yeah. Check, 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 check. Um, the thing that um, stood out to me, I think, was is the suffering, suffering of Christ, um, to make us all, you know, how he humbled himself. He, you know, he humble, basically humbled, suffered unjustly for our, you know, to bring us many brethren um, to him, basically. And Eddie'll add any. Eddie, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I just developed an idea right now. We didn't talk about this idea, but I'll just just kind of this narrative here. We were talking about the King David. It was obviously King David talking because it's Psalms. He says, I will declare your name to my brethren. So just it's kind of showing a, a unique relationship that God has to us through his son, Jesus. Uh, like he's our God, yet he's also our brethren at the very same time. He's like a father has a son, and many sons are brothers and siblings or brothers and sisters. So they're just describing a very unique relationship that he's God and brethren at the very same time. Okay, well, now why, why, is, why, why is that? Because of we're Abraham's offspring, Abraham, right? Yeah, well, the child of promise. Huh? You guys next? No? Oh, us? Go ahead. Yeah, I think Sebastian. It's like he's ready. Well, I didn't have anything. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Um, what really struck me in the scripture is the fact that he had to become exactly like us in order to make the ultimate sacrifice and to defeat the devil who had power over death. And to me, it's like, you know, it's, there was no simple way for the Lord to do it other than going through every single thing that we went, we go through, but then dying on the cross and experiencing all the sin of the entire world all at once on the cross. And why I felt that was important is the fact that, uh, why I felt that was important. (laughs) Our group, we didn't really figure that out, but, um, I feel like that's important because, it says, um, you know, we're his brothers and sisters, you know, because he became just like us and suffered what we suffer and went through the trials and tribulations and much worse than we've ever experienced so that he could call us brethren and that we could have the same father. And that's just really pivotal, you know, I think. Okay. Now, 
Sydney is going to tell us theologically why that was important. <laughs> I'm counting on you, putting her on the spot. Why is that important? Why is it important what now? <laughs> you why is it important to yeah, know? Yeah, well, I mean, why, why was it that he had to suffer and uh, taste what we had to taste, be subject to the sin we have to sin? We, you know, to, we were to be a high priest. Yeah, yeah. We we were talking about you know when well I guess we were and I was thinking in my head that you know in the Old Testament it was so necessary in order to come into uh, the presence of God to be sinless and all the steps that one went through in order to become sinless and it was just a small group of people you know who could do that and the price of being in the presence of God without without being sinless of course was immediate death and so then. When we think about the journey of salvation, as we were talking about today, who but someone who had walked the walk in the earth and who had created all things in the earth, therefore could then be able to take responsibility for the sin created in the earth and then die. And then when we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and he adopts us into the the uh, family of God, as you want to say, or when we become adopted sons, that we then take on the same characteristic of Jesus, which means when we come into the presence of God, we are seen sinless as he was because he paid the price for that. And that's why we can come into the presence of God and live. And that's why we have the promise of eternal life because of Jesus and what he did. He paid and God created him to be the sacrificial lamb for all of us. What was the model of that? Come on. The model. Oh, you mean in the in the temple, the temple sacrifices? Yeah, uh, yeah. Just. Well, you know, the um, you had to be spotless, without blemish. You know, you had to be the 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 best of the of the of the group, and you had to be the first fruit. So Jesus was the first created image of God that came to earth. So he was just perfect in every way. Okay. Also, onto that, what one of the things I was trying uh, was going to look at is. You saw a shadow of that with with the, the law and, and the temple and the uh, and the sacrifice and the high priest and the high priest had to be one picked from among their people to be it. That's one of the reasons why Jesus had to be one of the people to be a proper a sacrifice, but also uh, one to intercede for us because that's what the high priest did. The high priest went before. The the the, uh, the Lord, and on behalf of the people, pleaded their case. So I, I that, so all this kind of no. Who, who wants to go? Okay, go ahead. So he has to go intercede for for the people. Go ahead. Um, well, for us, verse nine pretty much sums it up. Because it says, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Pretty much is that I agree with, we agree with Tracy when she talked about, you know, brethren. He, he was also his brethren, but yet he was God. He saw us as brethren. But it says here that on 15, delivered them who through fear of death, who were, their, who were all their lifetime subject to bondage, then the other thing was that, for me, was it reconciliation for the sins of the people. Uh, Marine had a different take, which was a substitu substitutionary sacrifice. 
which is why Jesus became man, so that we wouldn't have to, so that he did that for us on the cross. So he was not only the priest, he was the lamb. He was the sacrifice, right? So you've got priest, lamb, sacrifice. Uh, what do you guys want to bring to it? Gracie? Good. Come on. Oh, come on. But she did have a a verse that stuck out to her was verse 15. Um, The issue of being freed from the power of death. And um, that that was just something that really stuck out to her. What does that mean, guys? Free from the power of death. What does it mean? Well, we were saying every aspect of death. Like like, uh, being afraid to die on this earth and then eternal life. You know, being freed from 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 um, eternal damnation. You know, and that you will live again. That that's what a lot of people. You know, cryogenic freezing. You know, they don't want to. You know, wait, I don't want to do it. You know, they don't know that they have a life hereafter. So, is that what you're talking about? Well, that's part of it. But what is what is the, what is the biblical definition of death besides sickness? Oh, I know, knows. <laughs> Separation from God. So okay. So what it's saying there also, everything they said. But in addition to that, is that we we don't have to be afraid of being separated from God. He is never going to leave us. Remember, as he says someplace else, this is the biblical stance for it. You know, another biblical stance, I should say. Because we're not, we're definitely not coming there. Death has been defeated. Nothing can, in this life or in spiritual life or anything else, can separate us from God and the love of God. So that's the theological base for that. Okay. You had something? So I was just saying um, death to self. Um, because obviously Jesus had to die to himself, his, mm-hmm. his desires. Um, and how does that Bible, how does that passage tell you that he did that? Um, well here for this reason, he had to, uh, be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. And then he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Then it goes on because he himself suffered. And we suffer in that process. Hold that thing closer to your mouth. We ourselves suffer in, you know, dying to ourselves, mm-hmm. in being, um, you know, walking towards more holiness. Okay. Good. Very good. Let's see what else? Anybody else have? What other group we have? <laughs> All right. Well, there is, uh, with that thing. Well, um, the captain, him being the captain of our salvation. You know, that's what it says here in New King James Version. But what stuck out was his mercy. It says here that his uh, that he chose not to give aid to the angels, even though they had fallen, you know, per se. But he chose to give aid to us. That right there, I mean, that really made me think, wait a minute. You know, it made me feel very valuable. Yeah, because it also said in that scripture how... The angels are really, uh, I can't believe how much, how important we are yeah. to God. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. Because, you know, man, we've talked about before the, the idea uh, of the divine plan being a lot bigger than we really originally looked at it, rather than, oh, man just messed up and fell into sin, you know, and that was a woo surprise to God. But that, that from the very beginning, with God's intention to inject the nature true nature of God himself in the man permanently, that's he had to do that. Because without man realizing his shortcomings, he can never know his need. You know, that, that's two seconds of a long message. But what else do we have? Anybody else have something? Yes. Um, well, 
we're on the right track or not. But um, everybody's been so far. Oh, we, were, we were, we were uh, zoning in on the point that uh, in the old times that God spoke through the prophets, through dreams and visions and uh -huh. things. But the, the fact that he really does want to speak to us. And um, we were discussing that, like, well, we either don't hear from him because we don't feel like we're worthy and we need to grow in that knowledge of his love for us. Or we think that, well, he's too busy running the whole world that you don't want to bother him for your little things. And, um, and then we... Uh, realize that you really need to read the words so that you can recognize his voice and know it, know the difference between his voice and maybe a demon, a demon or just fleshly thoughts. And so, uh, and then we went off on um, why does God punish us if if something breaks and whatever, and you know, it was a good rabbit trail. Break. Now, let, let me just throw something on, on with that, because there is a scripture that relates something to that, but it speaks about it in a different way. Uh, it's right in that series there. And what it says is what, uh, in bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God for whom and through whom everything exists should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering, which is probably one of the main subjects here. Made perfect through suffering. The idea of, of, now that brings some questions. Was he not perfect before? Because God had came down. I mean, it's questions. I don't have the answer to. But the part I do have the answer to, and the part I really want to draw the attention to, is what you talked about, the suffering and things going wrong. We still have that Old Testament idea of punishment when things go wrong. That's an Old Testament idea. Uh, it's hard to shake out it because the world tells us that, our mom and dad tells us that, we're getting a spanking because we're bad. Well, the New Testament idea is obviously, what I've talked about before, is of correction and bringing and training and developing character. The idea that when things go wrong and things are hard, it develops us to become who God called us to be. Now, it says that with Jesus. He learned, the author of our salvation, the one who made it, the one it's, whom it comes through and everything, had to go through suffering, and he grew to completeness, fullness, uh, fullness of character, idea. That's all that is in there through what he suffered. Now, it also says someplace else in there, so don't think you're going to escape the suffering. Because if the author and the beginner and, 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 uh, and the one that begun the whole thing had to suffer, so will you and I. But his suffering is the idea of developing character and coming to fullness. We talked about that at the cross, that the injustice and the wrong, the things you're suffering, brings you into your call. It did with Jesus at the cross. This is That's a very, very important part of this thing. But it all ties into everything else that we've already talked about. It brings us, it causes us uh, that he birthed it to us and was part of us was the priest and the sacrifice for us. He's the whole thing. I mean, if you really get down to it, there's nothing he's not in there. He's the whole thing. He's the whole, uh, the whole enchiladas in him. Everything we have, whatever we're to become is found in him. Now, if you ever take a little time to the Bible and look at how many times it says in and through Christ, it'll blow your mind. Hundreds. 
in and through Christ. Because everything is in and through Christ. Not only because of the scripture, but everything else in the, in the word is that way too. It's through that. It's through that provision. It's in a sense, it's in a sense just as what faith is. And that's what faith is right there. Uh, something spoken that intersects something else. You know, when faith is spoken in, it's, it's spoken into something that exists in contrary to it. That's the only reason you have to have faith. Can you follow me on this? I mean, if this, if it's a yes and you have a yes, there's nothing to have anything of. But a no and a yes, or a yes and a no, is something that intersects into that. With man, he wanted to inject his nature into mankind. That is what, in a sense, what faith is. I'm trying to just pull on that because we talked about faith some. We're talking a lot more about it, but it had to be interjected to something else. This shows the same thing. So anyway, we're out of time. Uh, we're going to be. We, I picked this kind of go slow through this part here because the next chapter, chapter three, is extremely important, and I really want you guys to pay attention to that. It's a really important message. So, so uh, if you have room for that, now we're going to provide some time for people to get some healing. So. Uh, I want to pray real quickly first, then anybody wants to come up for healing? God wants to heal. He's in that business. Because of this scripture? Yes, too. So, Father, we just ask for your presence right now, again, to touch us, and again, to remind us who you are and what you want to do with this, Lord. So, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come right now and minister to each and every person in here, that you'd pour out your spirit, that you would seal what the words that were spoken today by different individuals that saw different pieces of the puzzle, different parts of the whole of this particular scripture. Lord, I ask that, that, that it would be impregnated into our soul, that would be stamped into us in such a way that we cannot shake it, and that today, tonight, and the days to come, you would remind us of that and build on it. We love you. Amen. So the healing team, come up here. Uh, our healing Healing circle, people that, or anybody else that's released the deal. And anybody wants healing, come on up and we'll pray for you. Now, any of you guys have any words of knowledge what God wants to heal right now? One of the things I believe he wants to hear, heal, and it can't be just touched away with a prayer. It has to be with a change of life, too. But he wants to open our ears. There's a thing of opening your ears to hear what God is saying. You know, so if, if you have trouble hearing right now what God is saying to you, uh, you might come forward, we'll pray for you, and I think God will bless that. But it'll have to be with you also motion the sponge of getting in his presence so you can hear. Huh? A knees? Uh, somebody needs some healing with the knees. Knees. These things. Anybody else? Another word. Oh, okay. You need. You got the knee. Knee. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? All right. Let's pray for some people. Bless you.